Welcome to Creation, Teaching Truth with Confidence, a biblical training program for teens and above. Now let's join Mike as he teaches about the days of creation. Our subject is the days of creation, and we're on the third and final session of this subject called Five More Biblical Evidences Supporting the Days of Creation Were Literal Days. And our objectives for this session will be, one, state four biblical evidences the days of creation were literal days. Two, state how adding millions of years into Genesis affects the gospel. Three, state how adding millions of years into Genesis 1 affects the meaning of Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Plus, we're going to add some questions from session 1 and 2 to make this a real final exam this time. So let's start with a quick review. In session one, we talked about biblical hermeneutics, which was the study of the rules and methods for interpreting Scripture. And we also saw in 2 Timothy 2.15, we were mandated to apply these rules. We're told us we're to study and accurately handle God's Word. And in this session, we're going to have five more biblical evidences that support the days of creation were literal days, giving us a total of 11 biblical evidences teaching these days of creation were indeed literal days and not millions of years long. Now, before we get to evidence number seven, now I say seven because remember in session two we covered the first six and we're going to continue on here with evidence seven. But before we get to evidence number seven, we need to ask a very important question. And that question is this, does the Bible specifically state the age of the earth is about 6,000 years old? And the answer to that is not directly, but it does give us enough information to arrive at this conclusion. So evidence seven, Genesis chapter five, the genealogies. I'm often told, Mike, Mike, you can't trust those genealogies. There's missing names and gaps in there. There's even inconsistencies. It's very seldom, though, that I hear I have studied. And that's what we're going to do here today. We're going to study and accurately handle God's Word, not rely on people's opinions or their particular interpretations. So if we take the information that we find in Genesis 5, the genealogies, we're going to arrive at four very important clues that will help us determine the age of the earth. So, evidence seven, the genealogies, Genesis chapter five. What are those four clues? Well, number one, it tells us when the person was born. Secondly, it tells us when the next person in the timeline was born. Third, it tells us how long they lived. And fourth, it tells us when they died. Now, that is enough information to determine whether there's any missing names or gaps in there. So what we're going to do now is using this information, we're going to set up a timeline going from Adam all the way up to Abraham. And that will help us determine the age of this earth. Now, something very interesting shows up when we look at this timeline. What we see is Adam was living at the same time as Noah's father, Lamech. And Noah was living at the same time as Abraham's father, Terah. In other words, their lifespans overlap. What does that mean? What it means is this. 
It doesn't matter where there's any missing names or gaps in there. We're going to come up with the same age regardless of missing names. And I don't believe there's any missing names in here, but it's not going to matter because when God does something, He does it perfectly. So what we're going to do now is we're going to apply a little math to what we just learned. Not scary math, but very simple math. By using this information in Genesis 5, we can arrive at what we call an age of the earth. So here's our math. We know that the time from today back to Jesus Christ is about 2,000 years. We have enough records to support that. We also know that the time from Jesus Christ back to Abraham is about 2,000 years. So the only time in question is from Abraham back to Adam. And using the information in Genesis 5, those genealogies, we can also see that is about 2,000 years. So here's our math. Let's add all this up. We have 2,000 plus 2,000 plus 2,000, which gives us an age of the earth of about 6,000 years. Oh, but wait a minute, Mike. You forgot something here. Couldn't there have been millions of years of geologic time before Adam? And the answer to that question is easy. No. The Bible confirms there could not have been millions of years before that. That brings us to evidence number eight. Evidence number eight we find in Mark 10, verse 6. As we're going to the Gospel of Mark, and in Mark 10, verse 6, Jesus Christ is making this statement. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Now, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is telling us that man and woman were on this planet from the beginning of the creation, not after millions of years. Now, how does he know this? You see, Jesus, our Savior, was also the creator. He is the eyewitness, and he gave us his word right here in the Gospel of Mark that man and woman were here from the very beginning, not after millions of years. Now it comes to this. Do you believe God's word, or do you believe what the world wants you to believe? So we have a pretty airtight case now confirming this age of the earth is only thousands of years old and not billions. Now, let's go to evidence number nine. We're going to go to the very heart of the Christian faith now, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I want to do here is another timeline. I want to take a literal interpretation of what the Bible teaches. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to take anything out of it. But what I want to do is go through the order of events here without changing anything in God's Word. And we're going to start in Genesis 1.1, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then it goes on to talk about the six days of creation. And then in Genesis 1.31, we see God called his entire creation very good. Then comes the fall, sin, and then comes death. That is the exact order the Bible reads. I did not add anything or take anything away. So, Creation, six days, perfect, then comes the fall, then comes death. Now, let's take a different approach. I call it the gospel 
a different view. What do you mean by a different view? What we're going to do now is add in millions of years and see, does that affect the gospel at all? So let's start here again. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then we have millions of years of time. And finally along come Adam and Eve. Then comes the fall. Here's the question. What was going on for those millions of years before Adam and Eve and the fall? And the answer to that is death, disease, destruction. Folks, do you see what's happening here? Once you add millions of years into the Bible, you are now teaching death and disease and destruction before sin. You see, that's what the fossil record is. It is a record of dead things. And now we're teaching death before sin. This brings us to a very serious question. And that question is this. If sin is not the cause of death, then why did Jesus Christ have to go to the cross? See, that's a, that's a gospel issue. People say, no, Mike, Mike, Mike. The creation issue, it's a secondary doctrine. It's really not a salvation issue. I hear a lot of pastors saying that. It's not a salvation issue. And here's my answer to that challenge. It's not directly a salvation issue, but it is, as we have seen, a gospel issue. It is the very foundation for why Jesus Christ had to go to the cross. And if you don't believe the first three chapters of Genesis really happened, they're not real history, then what you're teaching is Jesus Christ suffered and died a horrible death on that cross for something that never really happened. Folks, that is not what the Bible teaches. See, what is happening today is the world is influencing the church where it should be the church influencing the world. Too many people in the church are taking what the world has to say and trying to change or add to God's word when we're forbidden to do that. Dr. Schrader, professor of Old Testament and Hebrew, makes this statement. Genesis also reveals that God saw everything he had created in the six days was exceedingly good. There was not physical nor spiritual death up to this point in history. Now let's take a look at a picture format of all this, because I know some people learn better by looking at pictures than graphs, and some people learn by just reading material. So let's put this in graphic format here. We start with a perfect creation. God's creation was perfect. Genesis 1.31, he called it very good or perfect. Then comes the fall, sin. And because of that, we have death, disease, pain, and suffering entering into God's creation. After Genesis chapter 3, the entire rest of the Bible is God's plan of redemption and restoration. There was those first two circles there the perfect creation and sin, all that occurred in the first three chapters of Genesis. And this is what that means, is the first three chapters of Genesis is the reason the entire rest of the Bible had to take place. Because after Genesis 3, it's God's plan of restoration and redemption. Is Genesis, the creation account, very important? The answer to that is, folks, you betcha. It determines the whole foundation for the cross, is the reason Jesus Christ had to go to the cross. This is a very important doctrine. It is not something we can shove off. It is something we need to be teaching in our churches, 
If people want to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, they need to answer the question, why did he have to go to the cross? And that is in the first three chapters of Genesis. Dr. Ventel, Ph.D. in physics, puts it this way. If the story of the fall of man is mythology, then there is no need for a plan of salvation. And this brings us to evidence 10, Genesis 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Here's the question now. What does God's very good mean? Does his very good mean death, pain, killing, disease, struggle, suffering, and extinction? Or does it mean perfect, no death? See, the first three chapters also deal with the very character of who God is. What is his very good? If his very good means death, decay, disease, and struggle, I have a question. Why do you want to go to heaven if his very good includes death and disease and struggle and decay? See, it deals with the very character of what we believe about God. Dr. Oliphant, Ph.D., professor of apologetics and systematic theology, makes this statement. The true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created the heavens and the earth, and He created them good. There were no flaws in God's creation. Phil Fernandez, Ph.D. in philosophy and religion, makes this statement. Without the doctrines of creation and the fall, there would be no explanation for the greatness and wretchedness of man. And now that brings us to evidence number 11. How old was Adam? What kind of an evidence is that, Mike? Well, let me work this thing through here. We're going to see something very interesting as we work through Adam's age. In Genesis 1.5, it gives us a definition of a day. Clearly gives us a definition of a day. It says it's the evening and morning, the light and dark portion. In Genesis 1.14, God gives us three different time periods, a day, a season, and a year. So it's telling us a year there is really longer than a day. Then read that Adam was created on day six. So Adam was created on day six. And then we turn to Genesis chapter 5, verse 4. It tells us Adam lived to be 930 years old. That brings up a very important question. If the days of creation were long ages, how old was Adam when he died? Well, let's look at this. If a day equals a long period of time as some wanted to do, rather than make it a literal day, they want to add each day be millions of years long. So let's say if a day equals a long period of time, we're just going to make a nice easy number here, a million years. We say each day, according to these people who want to make the days long periods of time, want to add millions of years into the Bible, we'll make a day be a million years long. Now, remember, Adam lived to be 930 years old. So how old was Adam when he died? Well, let's take 930 years times 365 days per year. But remember, each day is a million years long, so we have to multiply all of that by a million. You know what that comes out to be? That means Adam was 34 billion years old. Folks, do you see the inconsistencies once you start adding to God's Word? We just saw 11 evidences that the days were little days. Once we start messing up those days, changing God's Word, adding things in there that are not written in there, the rest of Scripture starts to make nonsense. How could Adam be 34 billion years old? That's older than the alleged age of the universe. 
You see, the plain reading is always the best reading. Michael Houts, PhD in nuclear engineering from MIT, puts it this way. If the Bible can be interpreted to allow a creation that is billions of years old, it can be interpreted to say anything a person wants it to say. Attempts to force billions of years into the Bible record also result in numerous irresolvable theological issues. In other words, the world is continuing to influence the church by adding millions of years into God's Word. When the church needs to honor God's Word, not be embarrassed by it, and influence the world. We've got it all backwards today. And finally, that brings us to, our, to four conclusions. Conclusion number one, a literal historical interpretation of Genesis 1 through 3 is essential for understanding the gospel. Two, the creation days in Genesis 1 were literal days. Three, the first three chapters of Genesis are essential for understanding the character of God. And fourth, the first three chapters of Genesis lay the foundation for many biblical doctrines and truths, such as sin, the need for salvation, death and suffering, marriage, the beginning of everything, and the age of the earth. Douglas Hamp, Ph.D. in Biblical Studies, kind of wraps it all up this way. We therefore conclude from biblical evidence that God made the heavens and the earth in six literal days. And now, being this is the last session in this subject, we're ready for our final review, our final exam. What we have covered in session one was hermeneutics. In session two, we covered six biblical evidence confirming the days were literal days. And this session, session number three, we confirmed five more biblical evidences the days were literal days. So let's get to our final exam. How much do you remember? Question number one. State how adding millions of years into Genesis affects the gospel. The answer, it means there would be death before sin. It undermines the entire foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Question number two, state four biblical evidences the days of creation were literal days. Now we had 11. Let's see if we can remember four. Number one, God chose the word day. He specifically chose that word. Two, the word day is defined in Genesis 1, 5. Three, a number is used with the word day, which always means a day. Four, God bound the length of the day by writing evening and morning. Five, in Genesis 1, 14, God gave us three lengths of time there. He used the words day, season, and year. Then in Exodus 20, verse 11, in the fourth commandment, God wrote this down. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all is in them. God wrote that down on the tablets himself. Then evidence number seven, the genealogies in Genesis chapter 5. Number eight, in Mark 10, verse 6, the words of Jesus. Jesus taught the earth was thousands of years old, not billions. Number nine, the first three chapters of Genesis are the foundation for the gospel, why Jesus had to go to the cross. Number 10, if we had millions of years in Genesis 1, God would have called death, disease, and struggle very good. Number 11, how old was Adam? 
Now, question number three comes from session one. State two rules of hermeneutics. And we had five rules. Let's see if we can come up with two of them. Number one, the most important, context. Number two, the explicit constrains the implicit. Number three, the purpose of communication. Number four, interpretation must be based on the author's intention of meaning and not the reader's intent. And number five, be sensitive to the type of literature. Question number four, state why creation is an important issue. Number one, the authority of Scripture is at stake here. When do we believe the Bible? When do we don't believe it? And who sets the rules? Second, if the history is not true, why should we trust the theology? And third, the first three chapters of Genesis lay the foundation for the rest of the Bible. And finally, question number five. State how Genesis 1-5 supports the days of creation were literal days. God specifically finds the word day to be either the light portion of the day or the evening and morning. And that brings us to a conclusion of session three and also to a conclusion of our subject, the days of creation. You've just watched some information we believe will assist you in your Bible study time. Now we post these videos on our website for free access. However, it does take time and resources to produce training like this. You can help us continue to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth about God's creation by writing to us or financially supporting the ministry of Creation Training Initiative. Our address is CTI, Post Office Box 2415, Eagle, Idaho 83616. Or you can donate online by going to our website, creationtraining.org, or simply send us a note by email, info at creationtraining.org.